You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Go, boys! Anyway, that was pretty freaky. By the way, as we welcome you to the Friday form panel, um, I was just asking Ollie if he would cue good old Collingwood forever up as he was doing it. But that's how connected to humanity I am. And another man who's very connected to the human spirit is Dan Malecki. How are you, my friend? Good morning, Jason. Yes, congratulations to all the Collingwood supporters. Um, I'm not a Collingwood fan, but I am a big fan of Craig McRae, and I think he's doing, obviously, a wonderful job there. He's, he's a lovely man. He loves his harness racing, too. Um, went to a New Zealand Cup with him many moons ago, and um, you'll like this. We played kick-to-kick football with the AFL footy uh, at Rickerton Racetrack one day, so... Um, uh, going in the right direction, and it was it was a mighty win. They had to hang on in the end there, but uh, their first quarter won it for them. Yeah, well, uh, too often it's been the last, hasn't it, for the Pies? But um, there you go. I, I never knew that story. You get it. I mean, you get it some uh, some stuff regardless, Dan. But it, you, things happen in New Zealand, don't they? Robbie Williams, Craig. Yeah, things, well, happen, for you. Th- things happen for you once you cross the Tasman, don't they? <laughs> There's, yeah, it's had some had some good times over there, but went to the New Zealand Cup, and I did have a tour there for many years. And and Craig and a few of the Brisbane boys actually uh, came along, and um, I got to know them actually as a result of that. I started going to uh, some games with Brisbane, and I'd actually go into the room, see a lot of the boys, and got to know um, uh, quite a few of them. And uh, yeah, it was it was a good fun period, and it was the right period to know them too. It was during the the reign of of Brisbane when they won their uh, their three peat. Uh, well, I think that is the uh, single greatest footy team I've seen in my time. Um, just just absolute Hall of Famers and All-Stars right across the board. It gets to about name the entire team if we wanted to, but instead we're going we're gonna to get stuck into the form panel. And it's a nice little mm-hmm. segue talking about New Zealand because we don't have a, a great deal of New Zealand influence, as we often don't, in the Vic Bread Super Series. For obvious reasons, it's called the Vic Bread Super Series. But we've got 12 semi-finals, and it's a little bit like Collingwood are through to the prelims already now, and... This is like a preliminary final. Maybe as the show progresses, we'll we'll talk about the um, you know the various debates around series like what uh, what people still call the science, which is the Vic Bread Super Series and the Breeders' Crown. Some people believe there should be no heats anymore. Some people believe there should be no semi-finals. You earn your way into the finals throughout the course of the year. Um, different people have got different philosophies, but we might discuss that as we go. And we'll get stuck in actually trying to find some winners. And the Kiwi that he's represented in the first race is called the Real Sherlock for uh, Team Purden. Now, the combination between Mark and Nathan. Nathan, of course, operating a number of horses out of Lara J Farm. Perfect class, though, is a very, very short price favourite. Now, I didn't mark perfect class this short because I guess I was a little bit concerned about what price to mark the Real Sherlock, but $1.45 versus two eighty, and Virtually nothing else has given a chance, though. I wouldn't 
totally full of most all of dangerous, went relatively close. What are your thoughts on the first of 12 semi-finals for the VSS tomorrow night? Mm, I think there's quite a few horses that are uh, what I would consider under the odds. Um, yeah. uh, perfect class is definitely one of them. And what surprised me, it's actually shortened up. So it's one of those nights, because it is a semi-final night, um, particularly horses with bad draws, it's not as if they're not trying to win because qualification really... I mean, if that was your horse or my horse, your first goal is is qualifying. And you, if you're the driver, you're driving a race to make sure your horse gets into the final next week. Because um, there can be a fine line, Jason, between trying to win and winning at all costs and and backfiring and then Absolutely. not qualifying. Absolutely. So it's it's really important that you get that part of it right. And that's why the barrier draws are far more significant. And I think you'll see as we go through the night, there's a lot of favourites that are drawn well that are short. Yeah. But in my eyes, a lot of those are a little bit under the odds. I couldn't have perfect class. It's a dollar forty-five now. Um, and that's not to say I've you know, had to flip a coin pretty much because I can't really separate it and the real Sherlock. But I, I did like the way the real Sherlock won its race. Still, it looked green. It had a, a, a an experience there. It coasted along. It'll benefit from the run. Um, so I've actually put the five on top, and I, I was a little surprised of the of the gap between the two of them when the, yeah. the prices come out. Um, but I'm going to stick to my guns. Five, the real Sherlock from three, perfect class. Not much between them. I'm certainly not potting perfect class, but um, to see a dollar forty-five, I don't feel as if I, I I should have tipped it just because it's short. I'm never going to get sucked into something just because someone else thinks it should be really, really short. Uh, and I think you can benefit from the real Sherlock at $2.80. So five to beat three. Uh, eight uh, is dangerous, and, and he will be at $14. You could easily yeah. have a little ticket on him. The way Ryan Sanderson can drive, you know, weaving his way through traffic, um, he could finish it off. It's not really a race that you would think that they're going to run really quick early and then come home, uh, not as fast, which would then suit the horses from behind. More likely, these Vic Bread races are races where they settle, they build to a crescendo, their last halves are much quicker, and particularly the last quarter, and that's what suits the horses that uh, are up on pace, which invariably is the way that these races work out. Five, three, eight... And I threw in number two as well. Techie's watching. I thought it was a bit plain first up, but it might be the yeah. first one onto the pegs and therefore following the speed this time. Um, I'm, I'm suspecting that they'd take a trail with it. It can still run top four. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be totally surprised if it, if it, um, if it tries to lead all the way again. But it, you know, I, I don't think it could win based on what I saw last time. So three, five, eight and two. Same top four numbers, different order, only um, only flipping the dollar forty five and the two eighty. Now... Yeah, I could accept. I've, I marked them two dollars and two fifty, Dan. I could accept a dollar eighty and two twenty or something like that if you, yeah, if you if you're just totally you know ruling a number of runners out, not even giving them a price because you don't believe they can win. But a dollar forty five, two eighty, their personality profiles or their uh, CVs are so similar. The real Sherlock and, and you know traditionally speaking, they've both placed twice at Group One level. Um, perfect mm-hmm. class has done that here in Australia, but I mean traditionally, I know the world's changed a bit, but traditionally, <laughs> two Group One placings as an age restricted horse in New Zealand has always been a little bit <laughs> better, hasn't it, than 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 two in Australia? Now things might have changed, but I think the real Sherlock, 
There's nothing to suggest that um, it's not every bit as good as perfect class and ability. And I think the other thing is, even though uh, there's a reasonable chance, as you've outlined, a perfect class will find the front, it's not a it's not a fait accompli because perfect class no. is not a terrific beginner. No, I totally agree. And, and look, you're talking about Group 1 placings. Well, when uh, the perfect class ran second and it's Group 1, it got beaten 37 metres running second. It was yeah. for the Lost Storm, whose performance yeah. was mighty. But... It was a distant second, and to that stage of its career, it was still. Um, it run second as school captain in the in the the Breeders' Crown as well, but it was probably emerging, and now is capitalising on potential that it showed previously. But I still don't think that it's um, it's got to prove itself, and 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 I don't think it's proven itself enough to be a dollar forty five. Or am I being a little bit harsh there, mate? As I said, a lot of these um, shorties. They've they've drawn pretty well, um, and uh, in this case with perfect class a dollar forty five, it's a good. B- Look, if Techie's watching wasn't a stablemate, right? Um, I, I'm I'm not sure I'd be expecting perfect class to lead. So yeah. I'm anticipating that if Techie's watching led, um, like it did last start, uh, might be more inclined to take the trail behind them or favourite perfect class. As I said, you mm. want to qualify, so. Um, it's not a fait accompli, like you said, but I think real Sherlock, he, he's a lovely type of horse. I think he's yeah. still learning. Um, but he physically, he's a, an imposing-looking gelding. And, um, I, I look, I'm sure I'll be impressed when I see him in the flesh uh, tomorrow night. Three, five, eight and two for me. Five, three, eight and two for Dan Malecki. One race down. That means we've still got 11 to go. It's going to be be a very big, large gargantuan Leviathan Friday form panel. We'll take our first break, get a breather, then come back and have a look at the first semi-final of the Always Be Mickey Vic Bread Super Series for the Classic Age Phillies. Okay. Welcome back to the Friday form panel with Jason Bonington and Dan Malecki. Welcome back to the Friday form panel. Star by Smash Mouth, who unfortunately lost their lead singer, Steve Harwell, to um, liver disease. So. Sad. But uh, we get on with this meeting. It's going to be a very exciting program. It's going to be a very exciting weekend for Harness Racing. I'm personally a massive advocate for having the Vic Bread Super Series back in this time slot rather than where it was. Different people will have different opinions. But uh, I feel like this is this is a nice, smooth way of coming out of the Eureka into this race and then Victoria Cup around the quarter, then a New Zealand Cup, and you get a bit of a narrative going. But um, this is a really interesting race here, this second Dan, the three-year-old Philly's first semi-final, and this is this is kind of you talk about, you know, what's likely to happen in semi-finals rather than finals. And I find, I mean, you've you know, you're a legend in the thoroughbred world as well, but thoroughbred punters are much more, um, under, I don't know why, but they're much more understanding and forgiving of the way preparations work, and that you have target and peak runs, aren't they? And sort of thinking, well, we're not. It's not that you're not there to win on a given day, but that it's all part of a build-up to get to where you want to be. But that's exactly what this is as well, isn't it? And, and really perfect in pink, I would think, would hold the front joyful behind the leader. But then I think joyful should win under those circumstances. But they might go so slowly that perfect in pink could just rip an extremely fast final two or 300 metres and hold it. But, uh, 
You can, can you cover off on the 19 topics that I just brought up then? Particularly, yeah. like, but you, you've already raised it, and I think it was really important, though. That, but people have got to understand when they go in these meetings, you can win money, but you've got to, you've got to have a slightly different mindset. Yeah, absolutely. Your goal is next week. If you're preparing a top-class horse, you know that this run's going to top them off for next week. And everything that you're doing is uh, over a seven-day period, you know, in the lead-up too. So barrier draws are obviously important. And depending on how important or how how good that barrier draw is as to what sort of a run you're going to get in transit um, to, uh, to a be able to qualify and then look at next week race. You might draw 13 next week and you look at it completely differently. But this is a really good semi-final. Um, mm. Not quite sure which way to look at the race because Elysian J is a very quick beginner. I think Perfect mm. in Pink is better trailing the speed. It's an awkward draw for Joyful. So does Perfect in Pink attempt to hold up or is Elysian J and Sahara Breeze? Because when it's lit up off the gate, it's very fast off the gate, Sahara Breeze. And, and you know what? I think Sahara Breeze is the best horse in this race anyway. Um, probably the only spot I wouldn't want to see her is sitting uh, without cover. I'm not quite sure if I've worked out the race properly. I initially thought Elysian J might lead, but, you know, that, that probably lessens Joyful's chances from three back the pegs. Um, I can't look... If, if Emma Stewart trains Sahara Breeze... Um, I reckon she'd be favoured because the expectation would be there. She'd probably work her way to the lead. Um, Emma's got such a strong hand and I'm sure they wouldn't change their setup. But Sahara Breeze has done absolutely nothing wrong. Doesn't deserve to be $5.50. It's actually deserving to be a $3.20 shot in my eyes. And the Quinlans, look, they've always done a fantastic job. Deb with her history um, uh, in, in, in harness race and Gary for that matter. And they've got a really good horse here, I think, Sahara Breeze. And I think she's a really good each way play. So five on top Sahara Breeze for me. I thought perfect and pink. I'm, I'm confident she's a much better chaser. And I think that showed last time. Eight Joyful is going really well. And, and there's a horse that put in a slashing run last start. Probably can't win by the way the race is going to be run, but if there is enough chopping and changing, number 13, VMG McRae, it's going McRae. really well. It's a, it's yeah. a roughie with a chance of uh, running top four. Five, one, eight, and 13. I thought, yeah, I, I thought it was just extraordinary. It's just um, so tough out there for all the reasons that we've outlined. What, what VMG McRae would obviously prefer is if um, maybe Sahara Breeze was driven by, um, by the great in Jack in a manner to suggest, look, we... We're not sort of. Uh, we're not just going to sit back. We, we think we might be ten metres better than you, so we might park and put some uh, some pressure on. We might not take no for an answer and trying to get the front unless you know unless it becomes a a self destructive situation and uh, no one better than Enjack to be able to assess that situation as it um, as it plays out. So. I'm with you. I, I mean, I've got caught up on the other side of it, I guess. That's Sahara Breeze, you know, the, the, the domination of the Stewart camp, which is evident right throughout the meeting. Um, and um, their safety numbers, uh, I think perfect in pink. For the reasons outlined, well, you know, you're looking at different scenarios, but I think that perfect in pink will probably try and hold the front, joyful behind the leader. And under those circumstances, if there's any speed, I think joyful will probably run past perfect in pink. $2.40 is... It's just okay, isn't it? Maybe it's it, well, it's slightly better than I marked it. So eight one five and thirteen are my numbers. Eight one five and thirteen, but also yeah, I definitely I think everybody saw that run from VMG McRae. We've only got about ninety seconds before we go 
Um, go to a break. So we might wait for the third because it's a race I really want to talk about. There's a dollar thirty favourite there that I. Hopefully, I'll get Aaron Dunn on burning questions a little bit later on today, and that'll be uh, up on the socials on the trots.com.au. Uh, Facebook and Twitter, but I don't think it should be a dollar thirty. Quick question for you, Dan, before we go to the break, mm. our final break in the first well half hour. Seating or no seating for semi-finals like this? Seating, as, as in trying to trying to split the the semis to make them uh, more more even, so to speak, because we we have we we all get always get the circumstance with semi-finals where there can be one very strong one and one. One much weaker one, but with only about forty-five seconds, we might come back and talk about that a little yeah. bit. Before, yeah, is yeah, it a yes I, I think or, seating is it works. Yes or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I, I'd, I'd say seating would work, work because if you had the two champions uh, meeting in a semi-final instead of the final, it sort of robs it uh, of a little bit of interest. So yeah. I, I think seating definitely um, it would work, and so they avoid the. Cl- Imagine catch a wave, leap to fame. I know they wouldn't be in a Vic bread, but you'd want to not have them clash in the semi, would you? That's that's the way I look at it, but. People look at it differently and say, well, in a series like this, you should be given it. Everyone should be given their chance, regardless. It should be random. But I think seating. Dan thinks seating, and that means seating. Well, hopefully in the future. Time for a break. We'll be back for the second hour of the Friday Form Battle soon. Live on SEN Track, welcome to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Dan Malecki. The great Elvis Presley little remix there. I reckon that was for the 19... Was it 1998 or 2000? It was one of the World Cups for the uh, soccer. Anyway, we, I digress, Dan. I, I'm looking at this race, this third event, which is the first semi-final of the Vic Bread Super Series for the four-year-old males. Now, a fair while ago... There was a race where I think actually got beaten, and and I felt like I'd identified, okay, this is going to be a really nice horse, and he's clearly turned out to be an incredibly good horse. Picket fence form line. Here's the thing. A couple of starts back, Raw for Roscoe drew inside of him, was able to hold him early, and then hand it up. Now, again, with semifinals, might do that again, but the the other thing a semifinal does provide, though, Dan, is a chance to do something different. So you know exactly what you should do, potentially, if things work out uh, similarly for the final. And it's in my mind that Raw for Roscoe might want to hold, I think. And even if I think does get to the front, gee, I, I'll be honest with you, you might be able to talk me out of this uh, this philosophy or this mindset or this perspective, but I think a dollar thirty is far, far too short. It is um, far too short. Uh I would have thought he'd probably get to the front. I mean, if I was driving raw for Roscoe, naturally I would try to lead, but look to take cover. Um, but not just lead and, and grab hold of, throw the brakes on. You know, you don't want to uh, give away an advantage by just um, uh, uh, conceding the lead, but you would be looking for cover, I think, come up and uh, and take over. I suspect that's a scenario... Don't want to underestimate Mr. Truth, though. I think Mr. Truth's going really well. Mm. And um, it's definitely got place claims here. But even from three back the inside, if the main objective is qualifying for the final, Mr. Truth from that barrier draw has got a really good chance to do it, as opposed to fighting too hard for the early lead 
taking away all the, the energy and petrol that he's got and then missing out. I mean, there are little yeah. things, but they're components that make up how the race is run and p- potentially how the race is won. But I think uh, the five can lead, uh, work its way to the front lead. Completely different scenario if it didn't, but it does get off the arm very quickly. Uh, Raw for Roscoe, uh, I think he's still going well enough. He, he's hard and fit and doesn't really matter uh, how the race is run. He'll still be in the mix. But interest freeze uh, another quality runner, capable of making his own luck. Um, He's got a, a more difficult draw, but I'd say he'd be off and around them by the mile. Probably have to sit without cover, but everything else in the race would be happy for him to do that. And if I think led, interest-free worked around without cover. Raw for Roscoe behind the leader uh, with the possibility of Kafaji having pushed its way forward early, ends up 1-1. They'll probably hold that formation of the 400 and run home in a really quick final quarter. And if that's the case... I think might be the one that, that holds off interest-free again. So no great surprises here with my tips. Five, 13, 4 and 7. Yeah, I've gone uh, 5. So same top four again. 5, 4, 13 and 7. And, yeah, like I say, there's there's just a possibility that they might chance their arm with Raw for Roscoe and say, well, I'll tell you what, if we lead and it doesn't work out for us and we draw well in the final, well, we know to try and take cover. Uh, that's That's just the other aspect of semi-final racing. But uh, I do think I think we'll win. I can't get it anywhere near $1.30. When, even when you think about it, if there is a little bit of pressure up at the top end and Raw for Roscoe at least makes, I think, work. I think seems like a real speedster to me. Interest-free is a multiple country cup place getter in good country cups and is $11.220. I know the draw is awful, but he's a very strong horse and he's very versatile and Kafaji's just sort of trending towards something again so 5 4 13 and 7 for me we'll get through one more race before the next break and it is the second semi-final for the oldest division of animals and uh, that are going around the males four-year-old entires and geldings and this is amazingly two years ago well not two years ago but two editions of the big bread super series ago semi-final level um Celestio Matuka and he's Charlie's Angel finish 1-2 and it does look that way again although I'm just wondering how the race will be run. I've got he's Charlie's Angel finding the front pretty comfortably here and then Celestio Matuka has to make a move but it's hard to rule out Ruben's plight as a winning hope as well. I think I think it pretty much totally ends there doesn't it Dan? I mean it's the top three in the order in which you find them I think. Yeah I think so they probably uh, stand out um, uh, in this instance um, I look, he can be his own worst enemy, can't he? Um, he's Charlie's yeah. angel, but yes. he's very, very talented. There's no doubt about that. From that draw, you'd think he'd work his way to the lead. It just depends on um, how well he's going to settle for Charlene Guzman here. Um, he's capable of running super times, and I think he's had enough racing now that he should be hard and fit for this. There'll be less excuses if he's not able to win the race. So the advantage is, I think, the barrier draw because he's got the gate speed, and uh, I think he'll get, uh, I think he'll get a comfortable enough lead. Celestia Matuka, obviously, he's refound his mojo with Andy Gath. Horses going terrific. Looks the obvious danger, and again, probably no surprises with the way I've tipped them here. Four, twelve, thirteen, and I actually found it more difficult trying to come up with the fourth pick, and I'm not sure I've got the right one, but I thought Swizzle Stick with its draw might be a chance of running fourth. Yeah, I. Maybe I should have done it as well. I ended up with Mac Cheddar, but I mean, it could have been. Major, major actually went a ride at uh, at heat level. 
any of them could run for. I, I, look, I'd be playing... I'd be trying to find the one you think is most likely to win. He's Charlie's angel uh, for me as well. So 4, 12, 13 and 7. But basically, I'd be going two, I'd be going two ways here. I'd be having first fours. And I'd be going... Uh, I'll be going four to beat 12 and 13 to beat 12 and 13 to beat field and then 12 and 13 to beat 4, 12, 13, 4, 12, 13 field in hope that, well, Swizzle stick unbelievably is $151.12. So if it runs fourth and you're able to find he's Charlie's Angel to win and maybe Rubens might run second, I think there's a way to make money out of the race when, when the top trio here are so far above the rest. But... But really, it is a, uh, a two or three horse race, and I think it's fair to say it is. Well, I, th- I think it's significantly weaker than uh, the first of the two semifinals, and that's what we discussed briefly before in terms of seating. And there are a couple of there always are at least semifinals in these semifinals, Dan. There's always pretty clear examples of where you, you know you're looking at by far the stronger of the two uh, semis, and th- th- there'll be no greater case than when we come up a little bit later. So. Uh, as good as Dana Moore and Talk Time and Star Celebrity are, the race of the, the night for mine by a million miles is the first semi-final for the four-year-old mares, where you've got Fiharma Petion, Major Grace, uh, Amore Vita, Soho Historia, Just Hope. So, it, I mean, that that's heavily stacked, that one, isn't it? Oh, it is. I mean, that, I've seen Group 1 finals that are not yeah. as strong as that. I mean, that's a classic, isn't it? And And for Emma Stewart... Uh, she would be happy to have that over and over again because every horse she's got in that race has drawn the front line. We'll take a break, come back and uh, and talk about race five first of all, but I am looking forward to getting to a more Vetter a little bit later on because one great legend of this sport called Dad Malecki is a great fan of a more Vetter. And I've got not only a question about the race itself, but maybe about how we compare a more Vetter maybe going forward in their careers with... A horse who's now won $1.5 million in stakes after winning the Eureka recently called in Cypher. We'll be back soon with more Friday form panel and more discussion. Stick with us. And hello, J-Bond. Hi. Hello. I don't know who that texture is, but hello. Welcome back to the Friday form panel with Jason Bonington and Dan Malecki. I know that song, obviously, from the disco era. Did you enjoy the disco era at all, Dan? Sorry, Jace, I missed that. Just asking whether you enjoyed the disco era much at all. I know of some of the more traditional bands that you like, but uh, the Donna Summer era, if you if you will. Well, I was still pretty young at that time, but I, I don't think uh, Bee Gees and ABBA... Um, have become less popular as time has gone on. So I think there's some good... To be fair, there's probably... There's not too many areas in music that uh, I don't like, or certain parts of it anyway. But yes, disco, very good. I'm not a very good disco dancer. Um, (laughs) But Saturday Night Fever, um, you know, those sorts of movies, there was a few of them at the time. They were pretty big. They're very popular. Um, Led, I suppose, to Greece and the like. Um, But that's the Bee Gees influence. So to answer your question, I don't know which road I'm travelling down, but yes, I'm I'm a fan. I uh, the winner takes it all from uh, from ever. It's one of my uh, my favourites. 
genuinely sad self. Right, um, let's get stuck into the uh, quarty first leg at least. For the baby girls, the freshman fillies, first semi-final of the Art Major Vic Bread Super Series of that denomination. And um, this is a really complex race. There's a couple of them with Emma Stewart runners who are second up from breaks going into semi-finals. And renewal, you look at the um, the SP profile, turns up at a dollar twenty-two in a heat of the series and gets beaten. And you say to yourself, well, we're between a um, the devil and the deep blue sea here, or the rock, a rock and a hard place. Because are we saying, well, renewals, you know, it's in a bit, and, it'll, and we know that Emma and Clayton can improve them enormously. I'm talking thirty, forty meters on occasion, second up from a break if required. But I. I I always find it hard to deny what my eyes have told me, and that's why I'm leaning towards a little bit more value with Destiny Stride for D Miles here. I'm not ruling out elusive from the race. And to be honest, I'm wondering whether there's even... I'm hoping that you can you can make a case for even a smoky of some kind here because it, I feel the race has got, has got blowout written on it here. Dan? Yeah, I, I don't know about blowout, but certainly my initial thought was I couldn't have renewal on her last start run. I mean, she didn't have to work too hard. Like, when she worked around, yeah. they weren't going uh, that that hard. They went hard for the first few hundred metres, backed it off. It was a quick last quarter and just battled into third. Um, clearly, she went better when able to dictate uh, and then come home in a quick quarter winning at Geelong. But, um, uh, no, I, I, uh, I, I didn't find it difficult to come up with other horses that could win the race. Um, so I've worked around Renewal here. She can improve and still run really well, but I think grossly under the odds being odds on at the moment. I'd be shocked if she started odds on. I think she's got to get right out into black and white figures, significant black and white figures, I, I suspect. I just can't see how that would be attractive at $1.80 at the moment, unless I'm missing something. So your best place to tell me I'm missing something about renewal um, that I uh, have overlooked, uh, because no. what I saw at Kilmore was a, a, a filly that was in the mix as opposed to a standout. You're like me. Um, I think he, he, your eyes tell you the story, don't they, Dan? I mean... He, the SP profile and all the rest of it, it, it has to have some impact on you because when you go around dollar twenty-two, put it this way, it's very different being a bookie and being a punter, isn't it? Because if I was running a book on the race, there's no way I'd be offering more than two dollars because you can't go around a dollar twenty. Under no circumstances can she go around a dollar twenty-two last start, and I'm going to expose myself to offering you know three dollars or more about the horse. But at the same time, as a punter. Um, you'd, you'd want to risk her at anything under, you know, 250, wouldn't you? So it, it, it's interesting when you think about it that way. I, I can understand why they're being relatively protective here because they're thinking, well, how can you go around $1.22 last start? And they would know and all the rest of it. But no, in, in, terms, of, in terms of backing her, I, I, that's certainly not an option that I'm looking at. But that's why I'm, I'm looking at Destiny Stride because, again, if you're looking at your eyes, what I saw last start suggests to me that, I mean, D-Moles knows how to peak horses firm. Um, for the for the business end of series like the Vic Bread Super Series, and I'm thinking Destiny Stride obviously has a lot of ability. So the two seventy about that compared to a dollar eighty five renewal, it it's pretty easy for me to work out which way I'd go. Yeah, yeah, I oh, no doubt, and frontline draws as well, particularly the horses that have got gate speed. Destiny Stride, I've seen um, do some things wrong, but clearly mm. hitting in the right direction. Love the way she she hit the line 
last start. But I also thought Eureka Joe was really good first up with room mm. to improve. And to be fair, Renewal has also got room to improve here, but I'd much prefer to be taking each way odds about uh, Eureka Joe. Uh, has got enough gate speed to push forward. Um, I think Destiny Stride, if Destiny Stride um, is uh, a bit more of the complete racehorse, which he could be now, might be able to utilise that gate speed and, and lead, and that would change the dynamics of this race. But Eureka Joe's likely to press forward. Remember, she worked her way to the lead last start, and she was run down by a really good filly. So seven each way from three Destiny Stride. A 12 Elusive is in terrific form, and I think she's tough enough. And, uh, and I've thrown in Renewal for fourth. I didn't want to leave her out of the top four, but I really um, have uh, worked around her completely. Six, four, 13, and nine. I've gone three, nine, 12, and six, and I've, I was going to throw one out here at the big odds if we're talking about a blowout. I reckon our Roku, who was very good at heat level and also has gate speed, and David Moles has got Destiny Stride, and the trainer of our Roku is Charlene Guzman, and I will say no more, but there's a possible. I just think that $34. And four dollars twenty. If you were, uh, if you're going to throw another one, even in staggers of your, uh, of your, your major quaddies, then you could do worse. I think. Uh, do yourself a favour, as Molly would say. Uh, race six. Now, this is another case where I'm, I, I, I'm just, I'm just marginally perplexed. Now, clearly they've got a big opinion of Vague Beauty. It turns up, gets a gun run, swinging in behind them. I, I the win was, uh, the win was really good, but I feel like they took a trail on that occasion. Once Vague Beauty sort of hit the front, I felt like um, there was a little bit of stargazing there. Draw a dream. I know it was only had one more start, but might be more, more professional. I, I'll only say, I've sided marginally with Vague Beauty here, but I think Draw a Dream is uh, has been slightly disrespected. If you if you look at them, just their two prices again. So this is the theme of the meeting for me, really. You've got $1.50 versus three ten, And yes, I might be tipping Vague Beauty, but I definitely think Draw a Dream can win this, Dan. Yeah, look, uh, the the draw makes it tough for draw a dream. Obviously, she's so going to have to go around them, sit parked, and maybe good enough to win. That that's the exciting thing about some of these horses. They're so lightly raced that, you know, we we've got no idea anywhere close to where their ceiling is going to be with some of them. And Vague Beauty is very similar here. Um, I did like the way Vague Beauty finished off her race. She's clearly a really nice filly that would improve a lot from the run and has a lot more improvement to come. $1.50 doesn't make me want to tap on shoulders, beg and steal and borrow to want to back her, but clearly she's a really, really nice type. Um, so I've put her on top. Uh, I tell you the horse that is way over the odds. Um, disrespectful of its record is Lover Rushes, number four. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's... Decent quality uh, filly here, and she's she's about she's nineteen dollars at the moment. I mark, so I mark, I mark that I mark Lavarash's five dollars fifty here. Like it, 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 I think it's a great chance of just finding the front. I know it's first up from a break. I don't think there was anything special about. Um, I think there might have been one or two recent trials and nothing to write home about. But gee, I tell you what, on the, if you just look at the form references and and the times, nineteen dollars does sound very very generous, doesn't it, Dan? Oh, absolutely, and particularly the place component as well. You're looking at two dollars ninety. I, oh, I think it's not difficult to uh, to want to have a little piece of that. And I, I've put her in in for second, Lover and she's got the race experience in a race where we're looking at Vague Beauty a dollar fifty having her second start, Draw a Dream Drawn thirteen having only her third start, and here's a, a filly that's had ten starts. 
Uh, worst that's finished is is fourth and was runner up in a in a in a decent two year old fillies. I think it was the one of the um, the the sales classic races in yeah. Sydney and running good time. So I would definitely make a case for her. Uh, six four thirteen and I threw. Um, I thought vivacious stride. You know, you're talking about horses that are over the odds. Mm. I think at eighty one dollars as well, um, I could entertain. Uh, maybe the eight dollars a place. Um, if it's three back to pegs, even four back the inside, it might be a rough hope of running third or fourth for your exotics. Yeah, I went six, thirteen, four, and three. I thought that was the other one that might be over the odds. I think it's so quick off the gate. The ticker lock might be able to get there, and if Loverish has then took over and 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 maintained the lamplight role, then. The three's not without a chance of being dangerous. And another horse who went really well at heat level was always be Mini. So there's a few different ways to look at this race as well. Typically, when we're looking at semifinals of uh, of series like the Vic Bread or the Breeders' Crown, it's all pretty boring sometimes, isn't it, Dan? I mean, we, we kind of you feel like everybody knows what's going to happen. And even as form analysts, when we're doing a show like this, that there's not a lot we can offer. But I feel like this is this is a little bit different to that. Yeah, well, look, I think we've picked the eyes through a few short price favourites at the moment, rightly or wrongly, but we're trying to uh, get a bit of interest. And, and yeah, I'd much prefer to back something at 6 or $7 each way than something at $1.30. Um, and I think we've done that so far. Whether we collect on them, I'm not sure. Uh, but you're right. In this race, I think always be minis another uh, filly. I thought it was really good last start. You're, you're getting good odds. And I know I mentioned Vivacious Stride, but um, there's a couple of other horses there I'd be willing to in, entertain either a dollar each way on them or to include them as wide chances in the quaddy because it could be the race that provides the upset. Well, even if it's only this that we're providing, okay? So even if you want to, and, and this is often the way people play, well, they play week in, week out, but on a, on a meeting like this, semi-final night, you want to have a multi. But I think what I'd advise so far, and I reckon Dan would probably, well, perfect class even though she's gotten shorter for some reason, you feel like the dollar forty-five is not going to be the best price you can get. I'd, be, I'd, I'd personally be waiting. I think you'll get better. Um, I think that there'll be a move from some of the smarties in particular to say, I, I'm not accepting that price about the real Sherlock. I'm going to have a bet at that. Would we agree with that one first of all? Dan? Yeah, absolutely. I think I don't know if we're on the same page, but I, I, I again, I just believe that a dollar thirty can't be the best price that's going to be available. So once again, you'd be probably holding off and and waiting and hoping that even if you only get a dollar forty or a dollar forty five, when you're talking about having those multis, that's important, isn't it? Yeah, oh, my word it is, yep. Often you'll find them early and you can include them because they'll shorten up, but in this case, I'd be, uh, I'd have the yellow um, flag out, the cautionary flag, because there's a few here I can only see drifting. And I wouldn't even have Vague Beauty, but I think, I think it'll probably drift as well, but I wouldn't, to be honest, it wouldn't be in my multis. We're going to go to the news, but when we come back, there's going to be a runner that, at $1.22, this is the, um, the binarily opposite case, I'd be taking the dollar twenty-two. Before we go to the news, would you agree with that? Before we get stuck into that, we will uh, straight after the news. But I don't think we're going to get better than a dollar twenty-two personally about Storm Rider Dan. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Dan Malecki. I actually 
Love the lyrics there. It's a great segue. Tell me what you're thinking because there was a... It was actually a beautiful moment. Dan was about to continue before Ollie pressed for the news, but all we got was maybe not <laughs> from the Stormrider situation for $1.22. And it uh, almost cut off at the right time because it, it left me... <laughs> It left me anticipating what was to come. So talk me through it because I know Bay of Biscay is a very talented horse for a start. But tell tell me, give me a way that Stormrider, I mean, I marked it at $1.40, but that's what you do when, you, when you're marking. I, I don't want to be marking horses at, at $1.20 because it's, gonna, it's mm. not going to promote betting, is it? So um, tell me how we can get better than $1.22 potentially. I know you're not necessarily prosecuting that case, but potentially, Dan. Uh, look, uh, Bay of Biscay and Kingman, they're, they're stable mates, obviously, but they're very good horses. Um, yeah. I actually don't think there's much of a difference between the three of them from what I've seen uh, so far. Uh, in this case, it's the barrier draw that Storm Rider is advantaged by because it should lead. Uh, it's got its stable mate to its inside, probably have another stable mate, three back the pegs. Um, Bay of Biscay, uh, he's very exciting, and Kingman was just fantastic. Um, I'm. I'm it, it, it's just a barrier draw thing. Um, I'm not convinced Stormrider's better than Bay of Biscay or Kingman, but maybe with the barrier draw, that is the difference between the three. I, I think out of their Kilmore heats, um, you can't deduce a lot out of it. They were similar type performances. Um, with Bay of Biscay, a 56-2 last half, 27-1 final quarter, but coasted. Kingman, I thought, was the most impressive of the three. 55-9 and then 27-1. And then Stormrider, it, it ran along at, at a comfortable tempo. 56-9 last half and then a dash in a 26.8 and still looked like it had something up its sleeve. Um, they're all very good. There's not that big a gap between them. And when you think that there's not that big a gap between them in quality, um, that's when you start looking at the prices for Bay of Biscay and particularly Kingman and think, oh, better have something with it on that just in case. I mean, I know I just wrote an article about living the dream, but have a look at the breeding on some of these horses. So, Joe Lulioni, the Baggy Green, my Mackenzie's there, Bonton Lady, and that whole, that whole breed, ideal priority. So, prioritise is a brother two, I reckon, Patacular, High View Ember, some rock, some roll, Nike Franco for Bay of Biscay, and Kickman's got to go Dali Queen, who had a lot of ability. It's um, bloodlines don't lie, do they, Dan? Well, they can no, sometimes. They, don't. But they can sometimes, but you just look at that field and you just say, "Whoa!" Yeah, oh, with, without a doubt, they're all exceptional horses. This is a very strong race, and if um, you, you'll find out more about Bay of Biscay and Kingman as to why, if they're not able to beat Stormrider because of the barrier draws, I think you'll get a better idea as where they are in that picture. And um, depending on barrier draws for the final next week. Um, I, I, Kingman was the one that probably impressed me the most out of the three. In fact, if I had to rate them on the way they won their heats, I'd say Kingman, Bay of Biscay, Stormrider. That's not to say Stormrider's not the best horse, but I think I found more uh, about those other horses to think, well, you guys are really good. Stormrider's not that much better than you, if indeed he is better. It's only the barrier draw in this case which advantages him. So I think that's exciting. It'll be interesting to talk to um, the stable to see what they think. Mm. And look, if Stormrider bl just blows them away and they don't get close tomorrow night, could quite be wrong. But um, I think it's exciting uh, looking uh, ahead to this uh, terrific crop of young horses.
I'd go the other way, to be honest, Dan. Two, two, ten, eight, and one for me. So I've very much considered it. I've left King Man out only because I, only because of the situation. I think this could be a really, you know, peg-dominated storm right against the front. And typically speaking, when a very short price favourite finds the front. Um, peg domination ensues, particularly for those in the pegs have got ability, which they have here in, in Mickey to Success and also some American. And Bay Abisco is very good, so is Kingman. But I think, uh, in a way, if I were you, I'd just be wanting uh, Kingman to to rush home and qualify because I think the boom's then going to get even bigger on Storm Rider and you're going to get a better price because everything you've spoken about, Kingman maybe for the final, yeah. So... Not necessarily, not necessarily here. I mean, if you want to take the prize here, and you know that's great, but maybe Kingman's the one for the final. And you just look at the, the runners Kingman beat as well. Chart Chart Topper wasn't not at, at its best, but I, you know, Chart Topper's got a huge reputation. Or David Winburn on the turn. Yeah, and and Wardan Buddy is a is the only horse we've ever beaten Storm Rider in that uh, in that big race up at Sydney. Mm. So you, if you if you're looking at who they beat as well. It, it rings true, doesn't it? It's not difficult to come up with a really good case for it. But as you said, you're probably looking for the future and particularly next week. Uh, we'll find out more about them. I, I've tipped Storm Rider because it does look likely scenario that he's going to lead. But um, Bay of Biscay, maybe to get to the chair first and then Kingman go around and they'll probably settle uh, that way. Um, 2, 10, 12. And some Americans run was pretty good. So yeah. was Mickey to success. So... Really here, Emma's got six in the race. I can see definitely running top five. You just think, you just want them all to qualify, and they they will. Um, one more race, because with 12 races, we don't want to drag the chain too long. Um, the Storm Inside Vic Bread Super Series second semi-final for the baby boys, the two-year-old Colts and Galdings, and I thought I'd found one here. <laughs> I thought I'd found one, and you talk about peaking, and uh, somebody uh, or a combination of people who have proven... Quite masterful in this trade, Rob Orber and Team Males. Well, three people, Paul and Carrie Males. And I thought I'd found Sergeant Lou. Well, everybody else has found Sergeant Lou as well. Uh, $13 after I'd done the form. And now it's in the 750. I didn't even have the uh, cojones to mark it on top. But, yeah, there's a big opportunity here. Chart topper, can it improve enough? Or is there a little bit of just not quite where it should be? Then you've got Wardan Buddy. It's in a renewal sort of situation. You would have thought it would have won first up from a break. How much can it, can it improve second up? Ricky Elch and horses are always terrific when they come down here and ride around the country at 6.50. This is a nice little race. I wanted to back Sergeant Lou, but they, I don't think they're going to let me in the end, Dan. Yeah, I probably should have had something last night as well. Look, um, got... It was a really good run behind uh, Storm Rider. Quick final quarter was picking up late. Looks like he's going to be a nice day. Got a lovely long stride on him. Showed a bit of gate speed last week. It's not difficult to make the case for Sergeant Lou. I think Chart Topper, it was a better run second up. It was certainly much better than first up. But is there much more room for improvement? Uh, I think he's uh, going to get to the lead here. I mean, Very Sergeant later, Lou. Isn't he? Yeah. You would think so. Sergeant Lou gets a beautiful trip then and makes him attractive to want to have something on him each way if Chart Topper's in front. Sir Jimmy's the one that could make it interesting because it does come out of the gate, but um, Wardan Buddy's the other one. It'll be improved by its first up run as well. I've tipped uh, four, 13, three and six, and while they're my selections, my suggested bet would probably be to back Sergeant Lou, a weighted bet, win and place, a dollar a win, $4 a place type ratio. Uh, that probably made more sense last night at $12, but still, it can be applicable at the 750 and 210 which is on offer at the moment. 
depending on what you can get for the final, I'd nearly say now back Sergeant Lee for the final. I don't think 750 is overly attractive. The only thing I'll say is if it's behind the leader, as we've spoken about, and Chartop is in front, and Chartop is not quite, you know, you know when they're yep. just 10% off and they sort of give you, they they give you that opportunity, don't they, sometimes, when they're, when they're 5 or 10% off their best. And if Sergeant Lee's the one that's just sitting in the perfect trail, stalking and waiting for Chartopper to not run through the line, then, um, yeah. I, I ultimately went with Warden, buddy, just because of the overall reputation and the fact that, again, I've seen it too often with Emma, Emma Stewart and Clayton Tonkin, how much they can improve second up from a break and obviously we'll be peaking for the final 13, 4, 6 and I've thrown in number 3, Sergeant Lou, so I've only marked it fourth, but it was the one that I wanted to back. When I saw the $13, I thought, that's not good enough. I thought they might have missed this completely, and I'll get $21, and now, heaven forfend, I've got seven fifty and two ten to work with, unfortunately. Uh, time for another he break. Who we'll come back. <laughs> he who hesitates. He is lost, and uh, I know how that feels. Right, four races to go, and we'll try and get through it in the next segment so we can come back. And in the final little segment, give our best bets and also... Our multis, and this is the this is the kind of night where you want to be playing multis, I would imagine. So back very soon, SEN track trots life on our most popular show of the week, the Friday form panel. Uh, the outstanding mares, I mean, Amore Vita. If you put her into the Tabureka, could that have been her winning if she was in in cipher slot? I think there's a good chance that could have been the case. She is. Super, super mare, and she was just outstanding winning at Shepparton. So I think she can do it again. Pettyon, I think, has come back better this preparation. Uh, it was a fighting performance second up, really good uh, first up, has the draw to lead. Bit of a shuffle around with uh, drivers here. Uh, but um, I, I think Amore Vita is the one to beat uh, from Pettyon. Five to seven, Soho Historia, three major grace. You can make cases for a lot of fillies here, This a lot of mares. This is a really good race. And Fiyama, who had the picket fence beforehand, she probably goes in as about fifth or sixth pick now. Sorry, fourth for me, five, seven, two, and one. Um, two, 25, I made, because it's 225, I made a Vita my best on the card. Because... Um, when she's in the mood, and it feels like she's in the mood, broke the track, broke the record at Chippen last time out. Who's the who's better out of enciphering Amore Vita, Dan? Oh, well, I, th- you know, I'm going to say Amore Vita, but yeah. I, I, I don't think there's a lot between them. That's unfair to encipher. She's been given the opportunity to come from behind in her races lately, whereas Amore Vita's always been better coming from behind. And if anything, she's toughened up since going to Emma Stewart. So I would say Amore Vita, but that's really unfair on Encipher, and I'm disappointed by your question. <laughs> <laughs> but you knew I was going to ask it. Um, yeah, no, so we'll move on in a second, but uh, the race was put on for Amore Vita last time out, but I'll tell you the one thing we have seen on multiple occasions, Dan, is races not run to suit Amore Vita style, and her still, when she's in the zone... It's almost like it doesn't matter. With with 99.9% of horses, it does matter, doesn't it? If you're drawing the wrong place and get in the wrong spot. But with Amore Vita when she's in the mood, it feels like it doesn't matter. Yeah. That, look, she can make her own luck now. She's tough as well as speedy. Uh, and that was uh, proof in the pudding at Shepherd and last start. And uh, look, I know there's not a lot between them, but um, who would you have? Amore Vita in Cypher. Which one is the number one seed? I think on talent, Amore Vita. And on, well, obviously what we've seen in Cypher is just, 
inside, it feels like inside his career might go longer and she might get into it. Not easy, that's is none, it? That's an unfair question, and I wish you hadn't asked. Yeah, it. I agree. Um, <laughs> now, race ten. This is an easy one to get through pretty quickly. Petrarca's a dollar twenty-two and should be balances up. I mean, there's a there's a ninety percent chance it finds the front of a dozen. I'm not overly concerned. Um, yeah, didn't so Collingwood beat Melbourne last night. Obviously, thank thank God the Lord above. But uh, Petrarca will be winning here. It's a matter of who have you got for second, third, and fourth, Dan? Actually, I didn't tip it on top. I, I you don't know. Got I, on I, top. I haven't been. No, I haven't got it on top. I mean, it's the one to beat, but at that price, you know, who am I trying to impress? <laughs> you know, be very hard to beat, no doubt. But I, I was impressed with Rosanna Rebel. Again, if, no. if Rosanna Rebel was trained by Emma Stewart, do you reckon it'd be the price it is at the moment? Horse that's got gate speed, got a really good record, terrific win, I thought, at Ballarat last start. One-on-one, maybe Petrarca has its measure, but with that barrier draw, I'd prefer to back Rosanna Rebel each way at good odds, which I'll probably do, um, or at least suggest it. Three on top, but each way, from seven Petrarca, two Viking, and five Catalpa Rescue. There's some pretty handy horses there, and, you know, Petrarca's good. Is it that good? Um, I just thought it would get there, but I, I know what you're saying. I've loved Rosanna Rebel from the word go, and there's a little bit of... So you go back earlier in the card, and we talk about Sahara Breeze. Well, it's a different situation, but Rosanna Rebel is very, very talented. So I understand what you're saying, but I'm going with Petrarca. I'm not trying to impress anybody, obviously. Seven, two, three, <laughs> and 11 for me. Little Louis in there. And uh, i tell you what could happen at the start here. Bol Ramsky is so quick, it could bomb them all. That I think that will actually advantage Petrarca. So... He just flies to the front and says, I only want to hand up to Petrarca. That would be um, an ideal situation. And Viking, Viking has to be. Well, it's a quick beginner too. Yeah. So it's in the Two, three, um, and four all get out good. They do. Uh, four flies when it wants to. Race 11. Now, this is this is a good race. So this is, I think this is the definition of what you were speaking about right right off the top. Star Celebrity, Talk Time, Danamora, nothing between them. I think maybe Talk Time might be the best horse, but Star Celebrity with the draw, I think wins. I think that Talk Time is the best horse, uh, and I still think it can win. Um, yeah. I think Star Celebrity yeah. from one. I remember there was a time from Barrier One, it got crossed easily. It might have been at a Charlton, one of those places. I've also seen it come out pretty good previously, but Talk Time's gone to a different level, this preparation. Um, so I'm sticking with her, number seven. It's only about the Barry draws, isn't it? Star Celebrity led from that gate. Look, she, she might be too good. Talk Time sits up without cover. But if she does lead Star Celebrity and Talk Time sitting parked, I don't think they'll go that hard and it'll be a sprint home. And I still think that that would suit Talk Time. So seven to win. I put Dana Mora in for second because it could be the, the cat amongst the pigeons here. She's going really well. It was a terrific effort. Learnt more about her last start, I thought. 7, 11, 1 and 6. Blood Moon was a ripper last start as well and might be a, a long shot place chance. Yeah, I've gone 1, 7, 11 and 6 and I reckon the, the 6 is the best roughie of the night if it leads in trails and transit. I'm only going to give tips to the last because um, we've run out of time pretty much. 2, 10, 1 and 8. Sweet Bella to win over uh, Surf. Surfing makes sense. I think we'll run second. Daniel, thoughts? Oh, I've tipped 2, 10, 1 and 9. Sweet Bella's emerges a really good horse here. Should lead and Probably dominated uh, backing horses either on the pig. Soho Seraphine's very good, but uh, I think Sweet Bella has the advantage. Two, ten, one, and nine. All right, it's on for a break. I've been yelled at. We'll be back in a moment for uh, for multicultural and also best bet. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Dan Malecki. 
All right, best bets. Here, this is what I'm doing, just a best bet, a best value and a best roughy. So Amore Vida, I think, is the best bet of the night at the price. My best value is going to be... Oh, it's not value. Is it value? Sergeant Lewin, I think. I really think Blood Moon... Hmm... I wouldn't fall off my chair if it, uh, if it won, but it can definitely place good odds. Your best bets, please, Mr. Mielecki. Race one, number five, The Real Sherlock is my best. Each way, race two, number five, Sahara Breeze, and race ten, number three, each way, Rosanna Rebel. Well, we won't worry about multiculture here, but uh, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll let you know. Watch Trot's vision, because Dan Malecki would be playing a significant, a significant role, and I will also uh, post my little multi there. It will include a more AV to no doubt about it. Well done, Dan. Great, exciting weekend coming uh, coming up ahead, and hopefully you'll have fun calling all of these races, and hopefully there's a bit of excitement in a couple of them. So, well done as always, mate. It's great. I love the Fridays. Likewise. Thanks, Chase. Have a great weekend. There's Dan Malecki. Here's Jason Bonington. And this is us saying, hasta luego.